Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there, thank you for joining me for episode 109 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. My name is Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. As a quick reminder, you can find the detailed show notes for this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 109. So before we go too far into this episode, I wanted to let you know right off the bat, this particular episode is specifically for B2B writers, commercial writers, and copywriters who haven't yet launched their freelance business. So by that, I mean, you haven't really even started the process, or you could be somewhere in the early stages, you haven't quite launched, you haven't quite officially gotten your business off the ground. Um, and there's a maybe a third category of folks who maybe you have gotten it off the ground, but you're really struggling and you have a suspicion that you may have to hit the reset button because what you've been doing is not working, you're not generating any clients, you're floundering, and you're wondering if you've gone about this the right way. So if this sounds like you, this episode is going to be helpful. If this is not you, if you're already in business, this is an episode you're going to want to skip. I've produced it specifically for people in that category. And the reason is this is a question I get asked a lot. And it seems like over the past few months, it's coming up more and more frequently. The question is, how do I get my freelance writing or copywriting or commercial writing business off the ground successfully? There's a lot of stuff out there, Ed. I get it. I mean, there's probably more information that I can possibly consume, but can you net it out for me? Where do I start? And the language from people who are asking is a little bit differently, but but they all have that in common. They're all just wanting me to net it out for them. They they want kind of the Cliff Notes version. You know, they they want that big picture view, the roadmap of, you know, can you tell me what step one is? Where do I start? What's step two? What's step three? Because they're trying to do it all at once and and it's not working. They're they're getting overwhelmed or they're not sure what sequence to follow. So if it sounds like you, I got your back. <laughs> You're going to enjoy this episode. And I will tell you, I'm going to run through this stuff very quickly because again, I'm trying to keep it very high level. I'm not going to go deeply into any one of these areas. The point here is not to give you a full training on all this. That would take hours and hours and hours. The point is to give you that big picture roadmap just so you understand where you need to start, where you need to go, and you have something you can kind of put on your bulletin board, if you will, to make sure you you stay on track. So that is what we'll cover today. And if that's you, I'm, I'm glad you're here. And, and I hope this gives you a little bit more clarity and a little bit better direction on where to go, what you should be doing. All right. So we got a total of seven steps. And essentially, I'm kind of thinking of this as a seven-step checklist. And let's go right to it. The first step, before you do anything else, is you need to decide on your positioning. Now, positioning sounds like a very fancy word, and it kind of is. It's it's a marketing buzzword, but essentially, positioning is all about the perception you're creating 
with prospects. So when when they read about you, when you talk to them about you, what is the perception you are creating with that language? And with positioning, there are four key elements you need to think about and you need to be able to define and communicate clearly. The first element is what is it that you do? And by the way, I'm going to give you these elements in the order to maybe think about them, um, but but the, the order doesn't necessarily need to, to be like this when you write your copy, okay? So this is kind of a, a very logical way to write your copy, but it may not be the way that you kind of brainstorm. So let me just give them to you in the way that I would probably write that, uh, but you don't have to write it this way, okay? So what is it that you do? Now, this this is actually an easy one. It, don't overthink this one. Essentially, you're just trying to communicate, look, what, what is it? Do you, are, you, are you writing copy? Are you a copywriter? Are you a commercial writer? Are you writing marketing content? Or are you writing lead generation materials? What is it that you do? And honestly, if you're not really sure, don't worry about it. Just for now, say, you know, I, I write copy or I write marketing content Something like that, as long as you have a general idea of which direction do you want to write more advertising type content or do you write want to write more educational content, edu- mar- educational marketing content. So if you can kind of at least define one of those two camps, it's fine to stay broad here. So what is it that you do? The second element of positioning is for whom? So what target market are you going after? Whom can you best serve. Now, this one is absolutely critical. And we'll talk a little bit, I'll give you some more detail on how to think about that here in a a minute. The next is what makes you different. It's important that you are able to explain and describe what is it about you, you know, and, and by the way, it shouldn't be about your work, it shouldn't necessarily be about the copy. That can happen later once you have a track record, once you've maybe won some awards, once you're known for something. But when you're starting out, more than likely, it's not going to be a differentiator, your copy, the, the, the end product. I would be thinking about it more from the, the aspect of what you bring to the table uh, outside of the actual writing. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. Okay, so what do you do? For whom? What makes you different? And then the last element, the fourth element, why that core differentiator, why that difference matters. Okay, now this doesn't have to be extremely convoluted, but you need to be able to say, look, um, this is what makes me different, and here's why that's important. Okay, so what you do, for whom, what makes you different, and why that matters. Now, let me focus specifically on the most important of those for, and that's the for whom, because the for whom, essentially you're describing a target market. Now, there's a very specific way that I walk my coaching clients through uh, when thinking about this stuff. And I, I call it the four dimensions. The way this works is there are four different categories or filters that you're going to run all your ideas through. But the first category is really a brainstorming bucket, if you will. This brainstorming bucket is a list that you're going to create that encompasses several different areas. First is your background, just general background, usually a professional background. Your general experience, here again, that's mostly professional. So your background, professional background, professional experience, listed all from the very beginning all the way through as you moved up the ladder all the way to where you are today. 
background and experience professionally. Then you can move into passions. That's going to be more personal. You know, where do you have passions? A lot of this could be hobbies. A lot of them could be just personal passions, uh, things that you are really care a lot about on a, from a personal standpoint. Uh, skills. Now, skills could be either personal or professional. Okay. And then talents. And talents, you know, notice that these are kind of broad categories, but if you have a specific talent that you want to highlight or talent, make sure to to list those there. So background, experience, passion, skills, and talents. Okay, so that's your first bucket. Now, what you want to do is you want to take you want to take your time, kind of doing a, a a download, if you will, a brain dump of all those elements, and then you want to run each item on the list that you come up with through the next three filters or dimensions. The next, so the first of those is going to be your network. So let's just say that you worked in the commercial insurance industry. Um, So then that's the first item on your list from your background, experience, passion, skills, and talents. What you want to do is you want to ask yourself, okay, do I know people in that market? Do I know people in that area or that industry? Okay, so look at your personal and professional network and you want to gauge like how many people you know, how well connected you are in that target market, that sort of thing. You just, you know, if you want to assign a number from one to five, five being, you know, really high, uh, you, you know, a ton of people, then do that. If you want to just assign a number, that can, that can help. But just want to get a general sense there. The next filter or dimension that you want to look at is, okay, does that, um, when, when I think about that area, that industry, that target market, do, does that group need to typically explain and market their products or services? So do they, do they need to educate? Do they need to sell it? Do they need to market what they're offering or are we talking really more about a commodity product or commodity categories that don't really require a lot of explanation and marketing they kind of help sell themselves or they explain themselves and then finally for again for each of the categories from that first bucket your background experience passion skills and talents the final filter is do you like the people and the topics all right, so using that commercial insurance example, you know, do I generally like the people who work in the in in that industry? Do I generally like the topics? You know, so if I were to if that was my business and I was writing in that target market, would I enjoy working with these people? Would I enjoy writing about this stuff? Okay, and that's a really important one. It's maybe not the most important one, but it is for a lot of people because everything else checks out, and then you get to that category and you realize, you know what? If I had to work with insurance agents again, or if I had to write about insurance, I, I don't know how long I could sustain that, to be honest with you. That's one reason I'm trying to pull out of there because I'm just I'm sick and tired of it. Okay, so that's an important dimension to consider. So what you need to do is you need to go through that inventory that you created, that brain dump, and run everything through the next three dimensions. Your network, you need to kind of get a general sense for, is this the kind of market or industry uh, or topic that needs to be explained, marketed in, in order to, 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 to sell itself, in order to sell the products and services under it? Um, and how do I feel about the people? How do I feel about the topics? Okay, so that's really your positioning in a nutshell. You want to decide on your positioning, and again, your positioning describes what you do, for whom, what makes you different, and why that matters. 
All right, let's move into step number two. Step number two is you want to write your web copy. The reason that's step number two is you can't you can't really write your web copy until you've defined your positioning. Your positioning is going to, it's this is not busy work, it's going to give you the raw material you need to be able to write your web copy. Now, getting your website, <laughs> writing your web copy is, is probably one of the, the first stumbling blocks that new writers and copywriters face. And this is where they stall, this is they procrastinate, and this is where a lot of people drop off. They're not sure what to do. Here's something you need to understand. Your first website is, is just that. It, it's your first iteration. It's your first website. It's not meant to be perfect. All you need is something simple. You need a starter website. And you only need a handful of pages. And here they are. First page is obviously your homepage. Everyone needs a homepage. Every website has a homepage. Then you want to have, by the way, your homepage should be very brief and to the point. My general rule of thumb is no more than 150 words. Depends on what template, what theme you're using, um, how it's laid out. But generally speaking, this should be very light on copy. You only have a few seconds to grab the prospect and make sure that they are in the right place. You're trying to help them determine if they're in the right place. So you're not trying to tell your whole story on the homepage. That's a very common mistake I see. Okay, homepage is really just a way to give them a general idea in just a few seconds. If they feel they're in the right place, they can then self-select and then navigate the site. The next page you need to think about is your why me page. Now, this is something I've kind of popularized. I think it's an important page. We talked a little bit earlier with your positioning about what makes you different. That's one of the key elements of positioning. And this is an opportunity for you to really expand on that. Let's say there's three core differentiators. You know, maybe the fact that you've been in the commercial industry for 12 years, maybe the fact that, um, you know, you were, you've been writing for eight, eight of those years, uh, you wrote a lot of your own marketing materials, whatever. And then th let's say a third one is there's a specific area of knowledge within that, that you uh, have deep domain expertise. And so, uh, th those, those are three categories. Those are big differentiators. This why me page gives you an opportunity to describe each of those in a little bit more detail and just kind of you know get, get your footing and make sure people understand your target market understands hey this is what makes me different let me explain in a little bit more detail so that's a great page where you can do that uh, the next page would be services now no reason to get crazy here if you're not sure what you're going to be offering uh, don't worry about it my philosophy about the services page is just list what you think you would like to offer. This is not a page where you get to list only the things that you've written before where you have deep experience. Okay, everyone's got to start somewhere. Focus on what you would like to do and you think you're capable of doing, not on what you have deep experience doing. Okay, so services could be just a laundry list. Um, I do recommend starting it off with just a brief explanation, maybe a couple of sentences. That's it. Just kind of reinforcing what makes you different and whom you serve, and then just a list of services. You don't really need to explain each service in detail. When you're talking to the right prospects, they already understand what these things are. So you're not here trying to sell the value of these services. You're simply trying to explain what you're capable of doing, what you're interested in doing. The next page would be samples. Now, if you have samples, there's no reason to go overboard. Two or three samples is actually enough. 
Um, you, you don't necessarily need more than that. Even when I was very experienced, I didn't have more than, I want to say, five or six samples on my site. I don't want to offer everything I've ever done. I don't want to have a sample for every possible service I can offer. You know, I don't want to overwhelm the prospect. I don't want to give them more than they can ask questions about. Okay, I don't want to give them more reasons to potentially reject me. I want to work with people who can take a look at a handful of samples and make a decision, you know, based on what they're reading there, uh, based on uh, what they're reading throughout my site, how they feel about me, and then make the inquiry. And, and, and if, if everything checks out, then hire me. I don't want somebody who wants a sample for everything I've done. That's, for me, not a, typically a good prospect. So uh, if you have a few samples, go ahead and use it. If you don't have samples yet, don't worry about it. Don't have that page on your navigation. So for now, hold off on that. You don't need it. The next page is going to be a bio page. And a bio page is really going to be a little bit more about your background. So why me was really focused on your core differentiators. Your bio page is a little bit more about your personal and professional background. Heavier emphasis on professional, but in some cases, the personal aspect is, is important um, and sometimes equally important, sometimes not you know, it depends on who you're going after, what type of target market, but have a little bit of you there, a little bit of personality. And then finally, a contact me page, just a page where you have your contact information. I strongly recommend you put a phone number in there. Don't just put a contact form. Uh, if somebody is ready to talk to you, you want to give them an opportunity to pick up the phone and call you very quickly. So uh, that's pretty much it. Home, why me, services, samples, bio, and contact me. All right, step number three is to get your website live. So this is a natural extension of step number two. Um, I would strongly recommend looking at a website builder to start out with. Now, WordPress has really been kind of the de facto platform for several years, but even today, WordPress requires a little bit of training, a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of patience, and frankly, I find that most people don't have those. I know I certainly don't. I'm not an extremely technical person. Um, I hired people to do this for me, um, but you know that costs money. So, so that's the other thing you got to consider. So, if you're not going to do it, you got to hire somebody to do it. And these days, you can get somebody to basically put up a WordPress site for you for you know just a few hundred dollars, nowhere near a thousand, five six hundred dollars typically. But they're these things have actually been around for a long time, but they've gotten a lot better, and new companies have, have popped up called website builders. Squarespace is probably the most popular one. Some of you have probably already heard of them. Squarespace comes with 50 different templates or so. You can select one, and you have enough flexibility to change colors, move some things around, and it gives you the ability to put up a very simple website very, very quickly. They host it. They do everything for you. And if I were starting today, this is probably the direction I would go in. In fact, my first website, I used a website builder. Yahoo used to do this years ago. I believe they've gotten out of the business. But these days, you could use a, there's several of them out there. If you search uh, in Google website builder, you'll see them out there. Weebly is another one. Wix is another one. Squarespace is probably the most popular one. Uh, and you know, for somebody who's not very technical and doesn't want to go through the frustration of doing everything on their own or the cost of hiring a, a WordPress person to get this stuff done, this is really a great way to do it. So consider using a website builder 
to as your first iteration of your site, keep in mind you can always change this later. The important thing is to keep moving, is to get started, is to take action. And a website builder makes this a lot easier. It, this becomes less of a stumbling block than it normally would be. And I can't stress this enough, this is your first iteration. I think I went through four or five iterations on my website just in the first three, four years or so. Um, and then I finally had that fourth version that stayed with me for a long time. So th it's very common to go through several iterations over the first two or three years. It's going to happen. Don't wait until it's perfect. Step number four would be to update your LinkedIn profile using your new web copy. So notice how we're moving sequentially through this process, right? You start with positioning, you turn that into web copy, then you get a website, a live. And now that we have web copy, we can repurpose that copy to update our LinkedIn profile. So you know, LinkedIn has just become too important these days. You need to have an account, first of all. You need to have a LinkedIn account. And if you're able, uh, go ahead and update that profile to include your freelance business uh, or to focus it exclusively on your freelance business. It all depends where you are right now in your business and in your career of your transitioning. That may be a little dicey, but if you can, go ahead and update your LinkedIn profile and use your web copy. Your web copy is is you know, especially your why me page, a combination of your homepage and your why me page are great for your profile on LinkedIn. You can basically copy and paste it there and then just edit it. So it, it works as a LinkedIn profile. Uh, having your information about your freelance business and your LinkedIn profile gives you a little bit more credibility as you start prospecting. And it gives you more practice on how to talk about yourself. It's just another opportunity to, to think about your message and how you would talk about yourself. And, you know, the fact is these days, and I've noticed a huge uptick over the past year or so with prospects searching LinkedIn for freelance writers and copywriters. Okay, so it's it's become a great way for many prospects to find potential uh, resources, and uh, you, you know, in order to do that, you have to you have to have a decent profile. Uh, one quick recommendation is make sure to have don't get too fancy on your title on your LinkedIn title. Have the word writer or copywriter in there, and if you can have a keyword or two about the target market you're going after, for instance, software copywriter, insurance copywriter or something like that, that really helps. Okay, It makes a huge difference in increasing the chances that the right prospects will find you. Now, having said that, even though prospects are searching LinkedIn in droves, do not use that as a crutch. You still have to prospect for clients. You still have to hustle. You still have to get out there and knock on doors. Okay, So treat it as gravy when it comes in. If it comes in, great, but don't depend on it. All right, moving along to step number five, Tap your network. Here's what I found. Many of us writers are somewhat introverted. Some of us are very introverted. I'm somewhere in the middle. A lot of people feel very uncomfortable approaching their friends and relatives and colleagues about their freelance business. And, and I get that. I've been working with writers and copywriters. I've been coaching writers and copywriters on business, on developing and building their businesses for several years, almost four years now in a very active way. I've gone through hundreds and hundreds of coaching clients, and here's what I've discovered. On average, at least 30% of the time, 
your first client will come from this group. Okay, here's the thing. You can only get in the door of a client. In other words, you can only land a client in one of two ways. There's really only one of two ways. You can get there through your network. In other words, get introduced by someone. Or you can get there through your track record. So they don't know you, but your track record is so impressive that they give you the opportunity to talk to them and to, to, to talk about doing business. Okay. When you're starting out, there's a good chance that you don't have that track record yet. Now, some people do. Some people go freelance and they've had this amazing marketing career. They've been writing for a long time and they can leverage both. They can leverage their network and they can leverage their track record and their experience as a writer, even if though they haven't freelanced before. But So if you have that, great. But if you don't, and, and if you have that, by the way, you should still tap your network for obvious reasons. It gives you a two-prong approach you could leverage and increase your chances of success. If you don't have the track record, like most people don't, you really need to leverage your network. And again, at least 30% of the time, your first client will come from this group. Now, here's what's hopefully going to make you feel a little better. More than likely, that first client is not going to be someone you already know. It's going to be from someone who knows someone. So in other words, you know Bill. Bill can't hire you directly, but Bill knows Susan. And he introduces you to Susan. Susan owns a business. Uh, she's actually a marketer as well, In but she can't write. Uh, she needs someone to help her with some brochures, for instance. So Susan hires you. Okay. The only reason he got in front of Susan is because Bill introduced you to her. So in many cases, it's someone who knows someone. So don't you know, turn off this idea because, or turn it down because you're thinking, well, I, I don't know anyone who could potentially hire me. You know, it, it's the network of the people you already know that also matters. Uh, in terms of how to contact them, I'm a big believer in using email, using phone, sending a quick introduction. Hey, here's what I've launched. Here's what I'm doing. Uh, here's who I could best serve. Do you happen to know someone who might fit this profile? So this is another reason why you want to wait until you've defined your positioning, until you have a website. That way you can give people in, in your network a better understanding and be more specific in your request and increase the chances that they'll think of somebody. So start with your network. Step number six, once you've gone through your network, I want you to start making a list of 10 cold and random prospects in your target market. What do I mean by cold and random? Cold meaning you don't know them, okay? They've never heard of you, um, and you're going in there completely cold. You're introducing yourself from scratch. Random, by random, I mean it. I don't want you to make a prioritized list of prospects you'd like to go after. At this point, you're practicing. So I want you to really just go random, just 10 cold and random prospects. Don't overthink it. And what you're going to do is you're going to target them with what I call a warm email. Now, I'm kind of known for uh, developing this, this, this strategy and this approach to prospecting called warm email prospecting. And a warm email is essentially a very short, relevant, and personalized email it's very different from what most prospects get. And let me read you. I think the best way I can uh, describe this to you is to just read you a sample hypothetical warm email. Okay. Now, the subject line for this one reads, love what you're doing with Sparks. 
Hi, Belinda. I've been following the growth of your Sparks online learning initiative. I'm very impressed with how you're helping this movement grow and the impact it's having on high school students. I'm not sure how you're handling the writing of your marketing content, but I'd love to know what it would take to be considered for some of these needs. I was a high school teacher for 22 years and now focus on writing marketing content for training and online learning companies. I use my experience as an educator and as an avid proponent of online learning to deliver persuasive writing that hits the mark. You can learn more about me and my work here, and there's a link to a page on your site, maybe your Why Me page. And then this is the last sentence of the email, should we connect? Okay, now the key to these emails is notice how I didn't, go into this long introduction about who I was, what I did, and my track record, my experience. Right away, I talked about them. This is about them. I noticed this about you, Belinda. Here's why I'm contacting you, and here's why this is relevant. Okay, And here's a little bit about me, a little bit of, of, of my experience, my track record, what makes me different. Notice the positioning. This is really a positioning statement. I was a high school teacher for 22 years, and now I focus on this, doing this for these types of companies. Okay, what makes me different is the the background and education that, that she had. Okay, so notice how your positioning statement not only helps you write your web copy, but also helps you when you're out there knocking on doors and prospecting. So that is a sample warm email. So what I want you to do for step number six, and I want you to make a list of 10 cold and random prospects in your target market, and then send each a warm email. Okay, now these should be personalized for each prospect you're going after. So this is not a copy and paste job. You have to find something about this company, some kind of attribute, point it out, tie it to what you do, and just see, not if you can get a project, not if they want to hire you, but just ask them in a very non-threatening way, should we connect? You know, should should we maybe talk? Would you be interested? So that's step number six. Step number seven is very complicated. Create another list of 10 cold and random prospects in your target market and rinse and repeat. So um, basically step number six all over again. What you want to do, I find, I used to recommend that people create a bigger list of 100, 150 names. And what I found was people were getting stuck here. It would become a stalling tactic because they wouldn't start prospecting because, hey, the excuse was I'm still building my list. I don't want you to spend a lot of time building your list. I don't want you to build a list. Come up with 10 reach out to each of those 10, then come up with another 10 and reach out to those other 10 and keep doing this in groups of 10. Honestly, the number doesn't matter. No more than 10 though. Five, 10. Don't make list building a stalling tactic. The point with the first, let's say 30 prospects, cold prospects is to knock on those doors and get some practice. If one of them responds positively and wants to talk to you, great. And there's a decent chance that that will happen. But you're not doing it because your life depends on it. You're doing it because this is the way you're going to practice getting these out. At first, writing warm emails and sending them out is not easy. It takes time. It's awkward. With practice, this will be something that you could do very, very quickly. So I have a final tip for you. I guess this could be step number eight, but it's really not. It's just a final tip. And that is uh, for those of you who are having trouble deciding on your target market, or some people like to call it niche. I prefer to call it target market. Start somewhere. 
Okay, if you're agonizing over this, don't worry about it. Just start where you are. Start with what you've got right now. Here's what I've learned after doing this for so many years. The path will become clearer once you start taking action. Okay, in many cases, I would say in most cases, the path doesn't really appear until you start walking. Okay, so it's important to start walking, start taking action, and you'll see the path will will just make itself known to you. Okay, the the way success happens in this business in almost every instance is people stair step their way to success. Okay, you rarely see a windfall, you rarely see an overnight success. Those are almost non-existent. Okay, be open to the possibility that you know what your first few clients aren't going to be that great. That's okay. You know, because you've gone from zero clients to one client. My first client was a potato chip company. I wrote the 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 copy for their their bags for some of their products. You know, I thought it was kind of cool, but looking back, wow, um, that's not very impressive, especially when I was trying to go after software companies, which was my target market. I worked, I did wrote copy, website copy for an OBGYN. Um, I did things in the financial sector. I, I wrote for a very small telecom company. I sounds impressive, but it was really not. It was just a group of guys. It looked like they they were working out of their apartments. Just crazy stuff like that. You know what? It didn't matter because I was out there. I was practicing, and this is really my 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 training ground. It's it's what it was. So don't expect it to be. You know, you go from nothing to working for IBM and Microsoft overnight. It's going to take some time. And if, if you start today, if you start taking action today, then you know what? That, that's what's going to take you to where you want to go. It's not going to be the overnight thing. So I have one last message for you, and then we'll go ahead and sign off for today. If you're a new or aspiring freelance writer or B2B copywriter, and you'd like to get some personalized help with what we just covered, I may be able to help you. So as I mentioned, for nearly four years, I've been working with small groups of new and struggling freelance writers and copywriters. And these are writers who had good writing skills when they came to me. You know, they, they weren't new to writing. They could write already, but they were stuck. And they were stuck because they didn't know how to land those first few clients or they already had a client or two. They didn't know how to get that much needed momentum to get their business beyond the $1,000 per month income range. In fact, many of them are struggling to go beyond two, $300 a month in income um, or how to develop and implement a doable and effective prospecting system. That's, that's usually a, it's a very common problem, a prospecting system that churns out quality clients in a more predictable way. I'm happy to report that through a work together, many of these freelance professionals have achieved tremendous success and they've done it in a very short period of time. Now, I don't know where you are in your business specifically or where you want to go, but if you're tired of spinning your wheels and you'd like to finally land progressively better clients, I may be able to help you. So the B2B copywriters and writers I've just described were working with me through my B2B Business Launcher 2.0 training and coaching program. I've just opened enrollment to B2B Business Launcher 2.0. And if this sounds interesting, I'd like to invite you to check it out. You can learn more at b2blauncher.com forward slash program. I've got a link to that in the show notes. And if we work together through this program, the way we'll do this is we'll, we'll work with you to get your B2B copywriting business off the ground quickly and safely. And we'll work together 
to land your first set of clients over the next four months. I'm going to show you a very specific roadmap that will help you stair-step your way to long-term success as a freelance writer or copywriter. And I'll work with you to make sure that you implement this material effectively. There's accountability built in to the program. One of the things I'm well known for is taking a very methodical approach to generating a result. I like to deconstruct a process. I like to teach it in a way that will make sense and make it easier for you to follow and implement. And that's what you'll get in this program, step-by-step training and coaching from me that's specifically designed for B2B writers, copywriters, commercial writers. And that's so important because the differences between launching a, let's say, a business-to-consumer copywriting business where you're doing pure direct response and a B2B copywriting business or content writing or commercial writing business, these differences are significant. They're critical nuances at play that you have to be aware of. So it's important to work with a plan that's been proven to work over and over in the B2B arena. So you simply can't rely on a cookie cutter plan to make this work. So again, if you want to learn more, visit b2blauncher.com forward slash program. And that brings us to the end of the episode. I am your host, Ed Gandia. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope you have an awesome day. Take care. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.